And most importantly, Shandy was right again. <laughs> Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you today? Um, it's a new year. Yes. We're excited to be back after a little hiatus. Yeah. And it's 2023. 2023. And we thought the best way to launch 2023 is with something we've never done before. People know by now if they've clicked on this episode that this is an updates episode. Something. All right, let's do it. Oh, oh, that's another thing we never done before. Sorry, just go ahead. Were you making that a sex thing? I was. <laughs> <laughs> the Shandies have asked for this for a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And this actually, if full transparency, is our second attempt at doing this. Well, we did it, tried to do it the first time as a story on Instagram, right? No. Okay. <laughs> We could have done that. <laughs> okay, let, let me do the talking. Okay. Okay, so early in our podcasting days, this was in the first six to 12 months, yeah. we attempted an updates episode. I swear we tried this, and it was such a failure. Mm. We just couldn't find our groove, yeah. and it made us really insecure. And so instead, we started putting them on Instagram as ah. IGTV slash, I think IGTV is gone now, but yeah. as yeah. Reels. reels. right? Now they're Reels. Yeah, Reels. So if you had no idea that we ever posted any updates whatsoever, you can head over to our Instagram at Dear Shandy because under Reels, there are some updates. Mm. But I'm going to be honest, there's not a ton of them because we just weren't able to keep up with it. But today there is going to be a ton of them. There is. Not to say that we have updates for every question, because what we've learned is that Shandy's like to ask questions and then get answers and then not respond anymore (laughs) (laughs) like we got what we wanted we we get used yeah oh i feel so used yeah but it's a good using if you're gonna get used this is one of the best ways to get used. true it's low level using yeah this is exciting this is a new this could be a new rotation so andy i have one task for you do you feel prepared you you didn't tell me that there was going to be a task I didn't warn him about this. I had it in my mind. Well, my plan, my tentative plan is to go in chronological order based on the updates we have. Mm -hmm. So your job, Andy, because I did not send them to myself in order, is to remember the number of the episode of the last update I read. What? So this first update is from episode six. And so all you'll have to remember for the next question is that this was six. Oh, I thought... (laughs) That you were saying that I had to listen to the update and then tell you what episode that came from. (laughs) I don't know what you're smoking. Oh, I would never do that to you. Okay. But you know what's kind of cool is this was a ton of work to put together and it's because we have such a huge catalog of questions answered. How cool is that? It is cool. This is going to be good. So this first question is indeed from episode six. Remember that, Andy. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait. Six. Let's think of what, what's the thing that happens six times. A cat has nine lives, but if you take away my favorite number three, <laughs> it's six. Won't forget that. I look forward to you doing that for every single one. Like 135. That might be the only good part of this episode. Okay. So this was caller Gabby. And you may remember that, I mean, you may not remember because it was episode six. So this is, we're going way, way back in time. But Gabby's issue in dating was that people didn't ask her questions. 
And we felt from talking to her, this we ended up addressing nervous energy mm, very early on yes, in the podcast. I remember this distinctly. Yeah, this was one of those calls. I mean, it was one of our first calls, but it went in a drastically different direction than we expected it to. And so, yeah, dear Shandy, Gabby, again, from your nervous energy episode, I've been practicing receiving and have gotten slowly better at not blurting out questions when there is a short silence in a conversation. When I first started practicing this with my boyfriend and friends, I noticed that they weren't used to having to come up with something. Mm. The silence would be prolonged and there would be many ums, so yes, and okay thens, Mm -hmm. that they would eventually start the conversation again. It has been difficult to adjust my mindset and I still have conversations where I ask 10 questions in a row or deflect when I'm feeling very anxious. I have a feeling this will be something I will be practicing for a while. Overall, I think it is excellent advice and makes me feel like conversations are more balanced. Bonus, I'm still dating the guy I mentioned in the original call, not the lawyer, and we are actually moving in together. I haven't lived with anyone since college and I've never lived with a partner before, so nervous and excited. Hope all is well. Sincerely, Gabby. That's great. Lovely, isn't it? I mean, it's so important too. Oh. It cannot be overstated. I confess I find in a social situation if I'm... you know, I want to be liked or I'm just feeling anxious. There's a lot of people that I don't know very well. I definitely fall into this where yeah. I like whirlwind someone with a million questions and then I'm miffed that I'm not asked any questions. It's a Zen thing because yeah. you're you're programmed to just fill the space. Mm-hmm. But it's like, remember in the perfect storm? Did you watch, did you see the perfect you've storm? You've made me watch the perfect I've, storm. Well, you've made me I've, watch the wave scenes of the perfect storm yeah, yeah, many yeah. times. I mean, they're fantastic. I mentioned the perfect storm many times. Yes. So, you know, we talk about the perfect storm a lot. I like the perfect storm. But in the perfect storm at the end, there's this giant wave uh-huh. and they're, they're, it's that, that's the big wave. Yeah. That's like the money shot. They put $10 million into that wave. Uh-huh. It's like a big deal. And here we are still talking about yeah. it. We're still talking about it. It's on the, it's on the movie poster. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Worth everyone, the 10 million. Everyone knows about that wave. You yeah. don't have to, you don't could care less about the ocean or waves or shipping in general or merchant <laughs> vessels. You know about that wave. Okay. So Mark Wahlberg and George Clooney are piloting the ship or skippering the ship, captaining the ship. They all work. And they're about to hit this wave. And Mark Wahlberg wants to like, you know, really, you know, rev the the engine so that they can go over it. But George Clooney is a really seasoned pilot. I mean, skipper. He's (laughs) a skipper. He's a captain. (laughs) (laughs) So Mark Wahlberg calls him Skip. So he's a skipper. I don't know if he's always like, hey, Skip, should we... How do you do it, Boston? <laughs> I didn't do too it. many tangents. Anyway, the point is, is that he says, wait for it. He says, wait. He's like, he's like, he's like, wait, wait. And you wait and you wait, wait, way past where it's uncomfortable. The wave's right in front. It's like literally about to crash. And he's like, wait for it, wait for it. And then just when it's like, what past that point where you're like, there's no way it's too late. Yeah. He says, go. And they still die. But the point <laughs> is, yeah, I guess that's not a great example. But they would have died no matter what. They okay. had a shot. Okay. Because you waited past the point of discomfort, past the point where you're like, it's over. Yeah. That's how you do it. Wow. That really takes the pressure off this situation when it's not life or death. Yeah. Good analogy, Andy, even though they died at the end. The first one of 2023. It's going to get better. I promise. (laughs) Okay. Loved that update. That made me happy. That made me happy too. All right. This next update is from Danielle. This was episode 28, question number two. It went, a guy blew off our first date. Should I give him a second chance? Mm. And I would refresh people, but she kind of goes into it. So I'll just read what she wrote. Okay. Good evening. 
I was so excited that you actually chose to read my question on the podcast. I don't think my update is very exciting, but I still wanted to write in since you requested it. The episode aired on February 18th, 2021, nearly two years ago. Wow. I wrote to you about a date I had planned with a guy from a dating app who partied too hard the night before, slept in, and then canceled at the last minute. Mm. I wanted to know if I was being too harsh by not giving him another chance. I believe the advice you, Charlene, gave was that anything goes before meeting in person, although you agreed about the red flags. Andy was on the fence a bit more, but ultimately agreed I shouldn't disagree discount him completely. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, the guy and I talked a couple more times and it fizzled out quickly before we met anyway. Mm. Yeah. I still appreciated the different perspectives you both had on the situation. I think about it often as I'm newly back to the dating scene after a serious relationship recently ended. I've learned that I need to take things much slower early on, which in turn allows me to have reasonable expectations and give more grace in the early stages of dating. Thank you for answering my question. And for all you guys do, this continues to be my favorite show on YouTube. I love when people call the show. Yes. She did it with a smiley face. She knows you like it. Okay. I mean, that's not surprising. No. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty expected update. Yeah. I feel like he kind of sums up a lot of guys dating today. You meet on the app and it's kind of like, I'm on the fence over whether or not I can even be bothered to meet you in person. This is what I'll say about this. This is one of those probability situations. Mm. The reason I said give him a chance is because there is a meaningful minority of probability that it's okay that he actually was super hungover yeah. and he screwed up and he really wants to meet her, but it's like not feasible. Mm. He would barf on the date. Yeah. So that's like a 20% chance. I think 80% of the time, no matter what's going on, if you really want to meet somebody, you're going to make sure you're on point mm. and you're going to get there. Even if you have to take 10 Advil and drink 10 cups of coffee. I maintain, I haven't changed my stance in two years that anything goes before meeting in person. Sure. Like, I just think that you don't really have much of an obligation I, to each other. I completely agree. All I'm saying is that on the first date, mm-hmm. if you are really excited, generally you make it yes, happen. Yes, 100%. That's all I'm saying. So the all probability I'm is saying, against you. All I'm saying is that I think it's difficult to expect someone to be that excited about meeting you before you even met in person. But nonetheless, it's a first date. Like, come yeah. on. Okay. Agreed. All right. Wait, wait. Hold on a second. Okay. The first one was six. I believe that was 22. No, Andy. It was 28. Question number two. So this is going to get hard. Okay, so, so we're good, But the good, good news is, is the next one is from the same episode, so you're saved. How long do I have to, do I have to remember the whole thing? Or just... <laughs> no, you just have to remember the last episode. The last one is six. Yeah. No, no, one... no, no. So now you have to remember 28, but you're saved by the fact that the next question is also from episode 28. Oh, nice. Yeah. That could get confusing, though, later. Well, that's why I asked. I said there's a task for you. I can't do everything. This is very stressful. <laughs> All right. Episode 28, question number three. This was from Cassandra and it went, it bothers me that my close friend brings her new boyfriends to our planned one-on-one hangouts. Mm -hmm. How do I bring this up with her? Do you remember this one? I do remember. Hey, Shandy. Here's a long overdue update. I was overjoyed you took my question and this weekend feel I've fully put the issue to bed. I thought Charlene's advice was more sound for our friendship. Talking it out was great advice, which is what I thought she should do. But I'm a coward, so I took Andy's. (laughs) (laughs) I have slowly been running recon with other close friends of hers and confirmed she does this with everyone. And I mean everyone. Last night, I learned this includes her dad, which was a case closed moment for me. Venting with other people made me feel so much better. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. 
That's yeah. a real life truth. That's right why they there. call it venting. It releases the pressure. That's what venting is. Oh my God. I can't believe I've never thought of that. Yeah, I've never thought of a lot of things. Venting. Yeah. You let it out. You let the air out. Yeah, you're it venting feels it so out. good yeah, to let that out. Off. It's the best. Yeah. Universal agreement. She's got horrible taste in men. I even got a live one who had the conversation about it. And the friend is just unabashedly interested in sex and trying to have a lot of it. Plus, she knows she has bad taste in men and brings new guys around because she wants opinions on them. Hmm. Oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> hmm. that took it in a different direction. That makes me sad. Yeah. If we want to hang out, us two, we do lunch or shopping. I'm accepting a part of our friendship is that if we're going out at night, she's going to be on the prowl and that new boyfriends are just her figuring out what she wants. Thanks to you both, Cassandra. Isn't that nice? Yeah. I don't know. I think every update's nice, even if there's like, this is a standstill. It's not like she ever brought it up, yeah. but I feel like her research, her digging into it, which, by the way, has nothing to do with our advice, brought her to the conclusion that this is just her friend trying to figure stuff out on her own and like giving her the space to do that. I Look, I feel that having the talk with friends mm. is a very big decision and must be made with a lot of thought and knowing the risks. Yeah, no, I think you're right. So if you can do your own legwork, yeah. field research... And get the job done without having the talk. I I really am in favor of doing that. You know, I think this might be one of those answers where I kind of change hmm. what I think. Yeah. Because I agree. Like it is, it's a little idealistic to be like. Oh, oh it's so easy for us to say, yeah. no, oh, all you got to do is talk your to your friend yeah, about yeah, something yeah. super uncomfortable yeah, that's yeah. probably going to cause sit a Sit her rift. down about this thing she does in all her relationships yeah. and like tell her why it bothers you. It's yeah. like, it's so, so much easier said than done. I don't know. I think that this ended up being about a deeper insecurity with the friend and it, it wasn't necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. In my whole life, I've never had a friend conversation ever in my whole life. Mm -hmm. Not a single one. Never had a conversation. <laughs> and therefore, you're very qualified to give this I, advice. No, I, 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 I'm aware of the risks. I've lived a life being aware of the risks. Okay. And it's worked fine. I, I have plenty of friends. Everything's okay. Yeah. I'm sure some of the friendships aren't as deep as they could be, but also some of the friendships are still here, probably because I didn't have that talk. All right. So, Andy, what was the last episode? 28. Very good. Okay, so this next one is from episode 45. Cult 45. Okay. Which is a gun, but also a beer. A beer. When I, I only was, know it as a beer. When I was a kid, I used to, that's the beer we used to drink. We used to sit on stoops in the city when we were too young to go to bars and just drink Colt 45s out of a brown bag. Was it a cheap beer? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I didn't know it was a gun. Colt 45 is an old timey gun, yeah. Oh. Okay, so question number three from episode 45 was from Ursula. Can big differences in cleanliness be a deal breaker? Mm, Andy, this episode... Mm, or this resonated. The tub. The serial killer tub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love how quickly it came back to you. Oh, yeah. I remember cleanliness issues. Dear Shandy, I saw your Instagram story requesting an update. I emailed in my question a while ago, back in early 2021, and it was regarding the filthy serial killer bathtub and whether I should give that very filthy man another shot or not. Do you remember me? 
Yes, no, Ursula, yeah. we remember you. This is a good one. Anyways, I'd like to let you know that trusting my gut for ditching that guy was the best decision ever and really taught me that our intuitions are so powerful. I never gave him a second chance and shortly after ending things with serial killer bathtub guy, <laughs> I met someone else and he is incredible. And his place was super clean, a bit messy, like a normal still likes to have fun kind of messy, yeah. but nothing unhygienic or disturbing. <laughs> In less than two years, me and my new man will call him as moved very quickly he moved into my condo then we bought our own place together got engaged and found out i was pregnant one month after the proposal wow. we are expecting our baby in early march of this year and planning our wedding for september when baby will be six months old I feel incredibly blessed and grateful at the same time, a bit proud of myself in my convictions. Before meeting S, I became extremely clear on what I wanted in a partner. I wrote these things down and it helped filter out the people who weren't right for me during the dating process, which helped me find someone who is right for me. I focused on how I wanted to feel. One of the biggest things I wanted to feel was safe. And let me tell you, I did not feel safe in that filthy house and I knew it. Yeah, serial killer. The podcast episode with Roxina Fusi on manifesting really hit home for me, and I wanted to recommend it to anyone who wants to know how they can manifest their dreams and the life they truly want. I'm reading the book now and so in love. How nice. What a nice That's shout great. out. great. Wow. We'll link the episode yeah. here. Thank you for everything you do. Your podcast is the highlight of my work week, oh. and I always look forward to the laughs and sage advice. Best, Ursula. Oh, that's great. Wow. <laughs> so many, so many good things I in know. There. That one's almost like cartoonish. Yeah. Like it's almost over the top. Almost it's too like, much, yeah. Not only did I write him off, but now I'm expecting a baby. And we own may, a home together. <laughs> this may be the first Shandy uh, baby. I, Confirmed Shandy baby. Why is it a Shandy baby? Well, she left the serial killer to be with this guy because we told her to, <laughs> and then she had a baby. We didn't tell her to be with us. She hadn't met Yeah, but us. we told her to leave the serial killer. Yeah, you definitely were like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, look, it's a, if a butterfly flaps its wings, like she left probably a little earlier than she would have. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm taking full credit for the baby. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Okay, Andy, what episode number was that from? That was Cult 45. Very good. Wow. Your technique is working. Mm-hmm. All right. This next update is from episode 57. Ooh. 57 varieties. Of? Of uh, Heinz. Heinz 57. What varieties of ketchup or is that 57 ingredients? There should not be 57 ingredients in ketchup. No, there's not 57. There's very few ingredients in ketchup. Ketchup (laughs) is not a very complicated thing. Andy loves ketchup. Heinz does it best though. No one makes better ketchup than Heinz. I don't know. There's that Italian muti. No, I don't like fancy ketchups. There's a lot of things that shouldn't be fancy. Mm. One of them, maybe the number one is ketchup. Mm. Ketchup should be just basic Heinz ketchup. I wish I got off on ketchup as much as you do, but I, I like like a grosser condiment. Mm, I, like, I want my- like a truffle aioli, like something gross. Well, that's that, <laughs> that's not a, that's not really a condiment. A oh. condiment, you got to go. It's mayonnaise, ketchup and mustard. Mustard's clearly the money condiment. It mustard? Wins. No question. Mustard. A spicy. It's very versatile. Mustard yeah. It's the best condiment. <laughs> but ketchup is is you cannot go without ketchup on certain things. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Ketchup is an amazing I condiment. just wish that ketchup brought me the same joy with a fry as mayo does. And that's gross. Mayo doesn't have the tang. You need a little tang on a fry. Heinz got, anyway, my point is, <laughs> is Heinz 57, okay. the 57 on the bottle, which is actually another secret, is if you want to get the ketchup out, yeah. you, you, you smack the 57. 
works every time. Okay. Got to smack it good. But 57 varieties, I think they, Heinz had, I don't know, 57 varieties of condiments. Maybe relish was in there. My point I'm is, looking is, forward to hearing is you there's name no, the other 55. Yeah, there's no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too down. I'll think of the rest. I have a feeling the shandies are going to come in and tell you what the 57 actually means. There's However, no question that's going to happen. But there's also no question I'm not going to remember what the next number is okay. for the, quest for the uh, update. Okay, so this was from caller Dana. The episode was titled, My Boyfriend's Close Girlfriend Doesn't Like Me Help. Do you remember this? Say that one more time. My boyfriend's close girlfriend doesn't like me. I remember this. Yes. Thank I you. believe she was in Toronto. She was Canadian, yeah. And because we were able to see her because it was a color episode. Yeah. We felt, we talked about it in the wrap up, that her beauty, mm-hmm. her striking beauty yeah. played a part. Definitely. Even though I hate to lean into that, I hate to be like, oh, jealousy. But yeah, in but, this but we're case... Not, we're not leaning into it. She, her stupid friend's friend, was leaning into it. <laughs> her stupid we're, friend's friend. Yeah, we're just judging her. Dear Shandy, I'm writing to give you an update. When my boyfriend talked to his friend about how upset he was, she not only blamed my boyfriend for stressing her out, but also couldn't agree on any efforts in the future. She said possibly in a few months she could be around us again. So far, this is tracking from what I remember about that friend. About a week after that conversation, this friend blocked both my boyfriend and I on social media. Amazing. And even more, deleted herself off every streaming site they share. Wow. She let mutual friends know that she can't even see his name anymore. Mm-hmm. And she wrote, "Healthy." she said in brackets, isn't this what people do when romantic relationships end? <laughs> my boyfriend was shocked by her behavior too and accepted that the friendship had come to an end. Whatever her reason is for not wanting to be around me, it's sad that she would rather lose this friendship than come clean with her intentions. When the episode aired, I felt encouraged to have a discussion with my boyfriend that was separate from his friend. I wanted to know why he was in denial and what support looks like to each of us. After a few sessions in couples therapy, I learned that he was uncomfortable with tension and hated having the attention on him, whether it was good or bad. While he knew her choices were wrong, he wanted to believe it wasn't as bad as it was. As for me, what I needed more than the confrontation was for him to acknowledge that it was difficult. We're working on how to communicate our honest truths. We're coming up onto our two-year anniversary, and we've been doing really well. Not only did we make a trip out for me to meet his family and friends, but we also moved in together. And I should add that the rest of his friends are great, some I've gotten really close with. I mentioned in the call that I was anxious to admit she has feelings, and sometimes it crosses my mind. But with Charlene's advice, I'm focusing more on the confidence I have in my relationship. My boyfriend sometimes watches Shandy episodes with me, and it starts conversations about topics we normally wouldn't talk about. And I think that's what your show has done for a lot of us, the chance to explore what's deeper than the actual dilemma itself. Oh, How nice. That is nice. And by the way, the compliment at the end of the episode made my jaw drop. Thank you for those kind words. Greatly humbled Canadian over here. I knew she was from Toronto. What was the compliment? <laughs> Well, we talked about how she was really beautiful. Oh. It was glaring. Yeah. It wasn't like we, we were like, oh, you know what? I think she's so attractive. She was a, a, a universally yeah, yeah. accepted, yes. very attractive yes. woman. Mm-hmm. So that has to play a part. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine if you had been the friend? I'm not pl- giving any sympathy to the friend here, but it sounded from that story like she had been kind of chipping away, hoping that he would notice her yeah. at some point. She was with him through his breakup from his last girlfriend, all Listen, that stuff. You know what this is? What? This is a very satisfying long play, I told you so. <laughs> For? For her. 
Mm. She basically was like, there's something up here. Yeah. There's something up. Address it. There's something up. And he's like, no, 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 nothing up. Everything's fine. Totally fine. Nothing up. And then she basically leaves the planet Earth because of this girl. Yeah. Come on. That's an I told you so. How is that not an I told you so? (laughs) Not that one needs I told you so's in happy relationships, Andy. They help. (laughs) They do keep things interesting. We're certainly not afraid of I told you so's with each other. I think I told you so should be given with as much pleasure as they are received. It should be like winning a game of chess. Like mm. when someone wins a game of chess, you don't be like, you asshole. <laughs> you know, you shake their hand. You say, yeah. good game. Oh, that's you know, good well analogy. Played. Good, yeah, good. Thank you. Okay. I like that update. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's also negative surprising. Negative surprising. Yeah. I feel I, bad for the girl. I really feel bad for her. I wish she would come on Dear Shandy, but she needs a lot of help. Yeah. A lot of help. Yeah. Maybe more than Dear Shandy is able to give. It's true. Like on the surface, you want to be like, that friend sucks, which no. she clearly does. But no, she does suck. What sucks is her living her life. Her yeah. life sucks it for her. It sucks to be, oh my God, sucks to be you, that saying. Yeah. It sucks to be her more than it sucks to be anyone else. And no one else situation. is suffering that much from no. this. It costs like some issues, like some discomfort, but the one suffering is her. Yeah. She's got to get hold on self-inflicted this. isn't that funny that's our takeaway we feel bad for her yeah that's not you, no one if you feel bad for you if people are feeling bad for you yeah you got to check yourself yeah don't let people feel bad for you <laughs> unless you know it's something that you can't do anything about <laughs> i don't know we don't have to get that detailed into this but yeah okay. moving on yeah. okay andy last episode number Mine's 57 very good okay so we're going to skip quite ahead now because the next episode is 114. Ooh. Let me double check that. Yeah, 114. Do you need help? 114. That's that's a tough one. Um, I'm definitely going to forget that if I don't think of something. You should just think 14 and then add a one in front of it. Yeah, but that's just numbers. It's got to have some bearing, like <laughs> so some real life be bearing. No, We're now in the hundreds, so they're all going to get a little harder. Um, I love you so much. That I am going to buy you 114 carat rings. No, that's terrible. <laughs> I think of something better than that. That was horrible. 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 Okay. 114. Uh, oh, I have it. I have it. Valentine's Day. No, no, no. No, never mind. no. <laughs> nice. You, you got the month and the day wrong. Nice work. Ah, I got it. Okay. Heinz times two. Two Heinz. Ooh. Nice. Yeah, that was nice. I worked out nicely for you. Thank you. Okay, so caller Anna, does my fling think I moved for him? Do you remember this? Yes, totally remember. Yes. There was a guy that she had hooked up with in passing, but they always knew that he was going to move away. So it always had this like expiration date on it and then she ended up moving to the same state right nearby not the same city but the same state right 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 new mexico yeah hi charlene and andy thank you both so much again for having me on your podcast it was really fun to hear it air and it was again another great reminder just when i needed it so just a small update nothing major but it's pretty funny two months after i called you and a total of five months after i was ghosted new mexico guy texted me all he said was hey anna How's New Mex treating you? 
<laughs> I was totally I was totally not going to respond, but then I realized it was only a couple of weeks away till Christmas, and I had a feeling he was reaching out just on the off chance he hadn't burned that bridge and could still ask me for a ride home for the holidays. Oh, weak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what did he really have to lose? I wanted to give him the chance to expose himself. And so I finally responded five hours later. Hey, it's been good. I'll be done with finals tomorrow. So that feels good. How have you been? And then he sent me two very long paragraphs updating me on how great his life is, how he's really growing roots in Santa Fe, all the sweet friends he has made and the cool nonprofit he now works for. I was baffled. I couldn't believe he reached out after so long and bragged to me like this. <laughs> All I could think of to say was, that's great. Then he responded, is your town as remote as you expected? Then I responded by bragging about the unique experience. Nice, I was <laughs> nice. It's a brag off, a classic brag off. How beautiful the mountains I live in are, how interesting the people are, and how badass my students are. And then he never responded. Amazing. He, he didn't want to get bragged out. He wanted to be the bragger. So, so, so weird. Anyway, I thought you might like the update. Let me know if you have any thoughts on that one. LOL. All my best, Anna. <laughs> Wow. I mean, we knew that this guy was never meant to play a big role in her life. No, he didn't expect to brag off. He oh. wanted to just brag, get some kudos. And that's that. Do you think he wanted to just sort of see if he could still hit that? No, I think he wanted to just show her like, look at me. I'm so great. Look what you're Wait, missing out on. What? Yeah. Why, though? Because Why? What's dick. the purpose of that? He's a dick. No, there's got to be more to it than that. There's Why no way his that? life is as great as he's making it sound. Let me, Why would he need to tell people how great his life is if his life were actually that great? This is what this guy does. I've gotten these messages before. I know. I There's people I know. Where I get a message, I'm like, uh-oh, here it comes. Yeah. Like It's like, hey, how's life? I'm like, I don't know. How's your life? <laughs> I know I'm going to hear about it. <laughs> there are people who like to do that. And I'm assuming... That they like to just check in and make sure you know that their life is awesome. And I'm they're, telling they're you, insecure. They're, they're insecure. There's something not awesome about their life if they need to tell you about how of awesome course, their life is. That's a given. Okay. My point. Yeah. It's not like this guy's life actually is awesome. <laughs> it does say a lot that the message he never responded to was her talking about how great things were going And he for never her. even said, good for you. Yeah. He never even great, gave her that. Yeah. Like he was offended. <laughs> Anyway, I think the short answer is bullet dodged. Oof. Matrix okay. style. Okay, so Andy, now there's the big test. What was the number of that episode? Two times Heinz. <laughs> All right, this next update is from episode 130. This was caller Kelsey. And I know people are going to be very excited about this one because when people request updates, they often mention this one. Oh, really? Yes. The most requested update. So Kelsey came on as a caller and she defined what a PLP was for us. Do you remember yes, this? Platonic yes. life partner. Yes, I remember this. She had a crush on her best oh, yeah, friend yeah. who of had course. a boyfriend. How could you forget? I mean, of course, this is the number one requested update. <laughs> yeah. So. Wait, this is 130? Yes. Oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's unlucky 13 with a zero at the end. Okay. Okay, so she actually sent this update not long after we recorded with her. And then when I followed up later, she had a two-sentence update. Hello there. I have started and stopped this email update several times since we spoke in March. This was March 2022. I wasn't quite sure what was dot 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 update worthy. Well, I think last night was definitely update worthy. 
For some context, after recording the podcast, I took my newfound Shandy confidence and told my best friend and PLP that I have non-platonic feelings for her. Since then, things have gotten messy and we have had some miscommunication. Mm. That said, even in conflict, we have assumed the best in each other and have given each other a safe space to work through our feelings. I love her so much. She has been struggling with her breakup as Carlos is a perfectly lovely, sweet, decent human. You may remember. Mm -hmm. I remember Carlos. Yes. She doesn't want to hurt him and truly has love for him. Those are arguably the hardest breakups to go through when nothing is glaringly wrong, but something just isn't right. As her best Mm -hmm. friend, I can understand why she has complicated feelings about everything. Our love for each other and the relationship we have feels bigger than what she is going through with him. And I have trust that things will settle where they're supposed to. Okay. So the juicy part, we went out for drinks last night and she stayed over. When I was coming out of the bathroom from getting ready for bed, she stood up and looked me in the eyes. Our faces lingered near each other and our noses touched. Mm. I thought about resisting like I have in the past, but this time I didn't. We kissed. Hold on a second. I can get my pants on. She's really good detail here. We kissed deeply and passionately. We got in bed and cuddled and touched and made out, and it was absolutely delightful. Things are still very much uncertain, but I woke up this morning feeling so happy to have her in bed with me and felt that no matter the outcome, I have trust in our love. Cue cliche induced vomit sound. There is an update for you, kindly Kelsey. And then A couple of weeks later, she updated, things continue to be lovely and messy and complex and safe. I look forward to letting her listen to the episode someday. Maybe I'll listen for the first time with her. Oh, so she hasn't listened. Oh, wow. I guess. Yeah. She said for the first time. Yeah. Or the first time with her. But by the way, that second update was still back in May. If she has sent another one, it didn't get to us in time for recording this. So maybe we'll have an update to the update down the road. Hmm. But they did get together and yeah. things were It sounds like things complex. are moving in the right direction, I yeah. think. Yeah. It seems like it's a good thing. It sounds complicated, but overall positive. But of course it's complicated. Mm-hmm. It was born to be complicated. That's part of it. We talk about this here and there, but the idea that everyone's just perfectly single and looking when yeah. they find each other no. is a fairy tale. Yeah. That I was venting to you the other day about Top Gun for this reason. You were venting about Top Gun? Oh, right, right, right. I do. I actually remember As much this. as I liked the movie, the likelihood of Jennifer Connelly and Tom Cruise both just being like unbelievably attractive and totally single and yeah, like totally open single. to being in a relationship. Like one of them would be married, you know, be with someone. It's just very unlikely that they're like, oh, we're you know, reuniting and rekindling and there's no mess whatsoever. You don't have to have a conversation with someone. I don't need to break up with anyone. Like, give me a break. Of course, Tom Cruise is single at at 58. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, he's 60. Tom Cruise is 60 years old. I mean, whatever he's, I want to know what he is getting done. (laughs) What is he drinking? Yeah. What is that cost? Mm, What is that cost? What fountain of youth is he frequenting? And he doesn't look like he's done anything. That's the amazing thing. Yeah. You look at his face. He had, there were some high def close-ups. <laughs> I was like, where is it? What's happening here? Yeah. What's happening here? This is a 60-year-old man. 60-year-old man. 68 what it used to be. Tom Cruise. Oof. I mean, look, I'll forgive the Scientology. This man, I mean, unbelievable. The guy does his own stunts. Yeah. He does all those stunts. It's Have impressive. you ever seen the, him doing the stunts? Okay. He jumps off cliffs. <laughs> With a parachute. He he went off a cliff on a motorcycle with a parachute. You know what's funny is when I was younger, I didn't see why that was such a big deal. And now that I'm a little bit older and 
you know, just getting up from the sofa the wrong yes. way. Like I'll twist something. I'll be, I'm more amazed by that. Oh, I literally do. I, at the gym, I see people doing box jumps. I'm like, I'm not doing a box jump. I can't handle that. <laughs> I still do box jumps. You still do box jumps. Well, when they ask for them in the class, I feel ashamed not doing them. So you know, I do them. You know what I say? At my age, jumping is not worth it. It's not that great. <laughs> I'm done went, with jumping. We just went on like five tangents. Yeah. Okay. Very nice update, Kelsey. Yeah, that's a great update. Because we don't know, by the way, if this episode will perform well, if people will care. We've got a lot care. of requests. Yeah. They might not care. But if this episode kind of flops, yeah. we probably won't do this again. No, so definitely we'll t- not. So if you like this and want it to keep coming and become maybe a biannual thing, please let us know. This is like soft blackmail. <laughs> Okay, so Andy, what episode number was that? Oh, well, it just so happens that that was unlucky 13 plus zero. (laughs) Very good. All right, this next update is from episode 133. This was a Q&A, and it was question number two from Anonymous. And it was titled, Is If He Wanted To, He Would Always True? And I fought for this one to also be included in our best of 2022 episode. Oh, yeah. So this was the first one in that episode as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's, uh, it's the last number plus my favorite number. Easy. <laughs> Why is three your favorite number? I don't know. It's a very weak favorite number. I know that. But it just is. I kind of respect it. There's something yeah. kind of off the beaten path about three, even yeah. though it's so common. It's a very low number. Usually people's favorite numbers is not close to one. Do you know my favorite number? Hmm. Now's your time to prove to me how, how well you've been you. listening. I'm going to go with... Mm, you're not going to get it. <laughs> no, I think I may get it. I'm going to go with 51. Why? I don't know. I think one of your passwords has 51 in it. No. 33? No. 37. You don't know my favorite. 25. 27? 3. 7. <laughs> 100. Who has a multiple digit favorite number most people i think do i think it's unusual to have a single digit favorite number no most people have a single digit favorite number oh then yours is eight are we saying favorite number a lucky number it's the same thing the same thing it's not like i have a favorite number like i'm like ooh, i love that number (laughs) it's obviously a lucky number (laughs) i just love three yeah it just makes me so happy <laughs> I deserved that. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so one more final guess. It's, um, I'm gonna go with. You know by now that it's not three, it's not seven, it's not eight, and it is a single number. Okay, it's not one or two, but that would just be lame. Um, <laughs> four or five, no one is four or five. That's a stupid favorite numbers. It's nine. <laughs> it's six. That was the one number I didn't talk about. Yeah. And you want to know why? why? Yeah, why? Because I have this weird memory of being six and loving being six. Wow. I just loved the number six and being age six. And when I was about to turn seven, I was like, I don't want to turn seven. I want to be oh six. Oh my God. This is, a, are you kidding me? What? I have a similar experience. <laughs> From being six? I'm not kidding you. When I was, I remember, it's one of my earliest memories. I was sitting at the the, the, the eating table, uh-huh. the, the dining room <laughs> the table. Eating ta- yeah, the table. The trough. Yeah. <laughs> we were at the eating table. Um, and my mother, it was just me and my mom. My dad was at work. And she's like, you know what today is? I was six at the time. She's like, you know what today is? She's like, it's your birthday. 
you're seven. And I was like, oh my God, I was so psyched. I don't understand how it took till dinner time for you to it learn that. It wasn't dinner time, it was lunch time. Okay. I'll have to ask her. But the point is, I immediately was elated. I was like, Birth- birthdays are great. I remember vaguely in my little like animal brain yeah. that I got some good stuff. So I was psyched. And then suddenly it was the first dark existential moment I ever had in my life. I was like, wait, if I was six and now I'm seven, then I'm going to be dead someday. <laughs> This is a common so, age yeah. to have this realization at. Six is the last age, apparently, where you can you cannot differentiate between dreams and reality. That's the last time you live in a fantasy world. At seven, you actually are in the real world. Like, you know when you're dreaming, it's a dream. And when you're living, it's a, it's a living. I bet you there's something to this. The fact that we have this in common tells me that maybe something around the age six is a time when you become aware of your own mortality. Right. I, don't I mean, know. I did it I right on the nose. About. So six for me is not a good memory. <laughs> okay. Okay, so this was from Anonymous. Happy New Year, Shandy. Thank you, Charlene, for fighting to include my question in the 2022 recap oh, wow. video. She and listened. Andy, for stomaching my question one more time. Oh, no, it was a fence sitter. It was a fence sitter. <laughs> so before we get going, just as a refresher, she had a pattern of having these male friendships with the guys where they secretly liked each other, but no one ever made a move. And then time would pass and she would later find out from someone else that he did indeed have a crush on her. And she was like, uh And so she wanted to know if the fact that the guy didn't make that move, did it just mean that he wasn't into her or if she needed to be doing something more Mm -hmm. to make that happen? And that spawned all these analogies about, Andy, you saying that you got to move like a zebra and do that. Oh, the thing the zebras do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Do the twitch. Listen to best of 2022 because there was a reason I fought for this one. Anyway, update. I loved your advice and thought about ways that I could more obviously show interest to the guy in question. However, as time passed, I was getting more confused about what his intentions were. Like I mentioned before, he would call me multiple times a week, schedule calls in advance, or want to stay on the phone for hours, but then would occasionally call me bro or friend during our FaceTime calls. Bro? That was definitely a turnoff for me and an obvious sign that he just wanted to be friends, so I didn't push the issue. Fast forward a couple of months, this past August, I moved to D.C. from Boston to attend graduate school. We were still chatting fairly often, still living in different cities. He was in NYC, but I got a whole lot busier. I was also intentionally talking to him less because our whole friendship felt very confusing. This next part of the update gets a little confusing, but bear with me. He asked if he could fly out to visit me one weekend. I thought it was weird for him to even want to do that because I thought I had been friend-zoned. I said he could come because I figured that we could have a conversation when he came. The weekend he was going to come got crazy busy for me, so I asked if he could come the following weekend, to which he said yes. Mm. Two days before he was going to come, he FaceTimes me and tells me he got COVID and can't come anymore. As we were chatting, I found out that his best friend's 30th birthday party was also in two days. He literally told his best friend of nine years a week before his big birthday party when I had to reschedule his visit that he couldn't go to his birthday party anymore because he was flying to see me. 
I mean, that does sound like interest. Yeah. In need of clarity, I just asked him what he wanted from this, particularly because he was willing to travel to visit. He told me he wanted to pursue a relationship with dun, me. Dun, dun. <laughs> I'm very confused at this point because how do you want a relationship with a woman you're calling bro and friend and have never said you liked them? That's a thing. I've heard I've heard people calling their significant others bro. Some people do call their girlfriends dude. I've heard that. Yeah, I don't know if I would put that much stock into it. No, it's just a thing. I would, do it I would more find now it a bit of ever. a turnoff more than anything because I don't want a guy who's interested in me romantically saying bro. But it's, I think it's more it's of like a generational a, thing. Yeah, and it's more like a speech thing. Yeah, it's generational. It's like when saying, I was a kid, it, there's no way I could call a girlfriend bro. It would be the weirdest thing in the world. Mm. But now you can do it. At this point, I wasn't really sure what my feelings for him were anymore. I told him that in order for us to see if we could be more than friends, the tone of our relationship would definitely have to change to more naturally lead us to that place. Good for her. Yeah. He apologized that he didn't really have much experience with dating and had not been forthcoming with his feelings for women before, but agreed that he needed to crank it up a notch. You know what this guy is he's like you know this this chat um this this new ai thing this chat what's it called c cpt ai i forget chat you know it's not a yeah it's not a name that's easy to remember chat oh so chat chat ai or chat gpt or something i forget i'm gonna sound like an idiot for this should we just look it up i've seen it on the news it's a big deal yeah it's the biggest deal yeah but i'm saying it's see this sounds like someone put into chat Whatever it is, let's call it GPT, which everyone's (laughs) going to make fun of us. But they put in, make a a guy who wants to meet a girl. And this is their version of it. Like the guy doesn't know, he's like, he flies, takes a plane, flies in to see her, skips his friend's birthday, says, I don't know much about dating, calls her bro. That's like an AI screw up. Like they thought that was (laughs) a thing. Or no, maybe they're taking into account his generation and what his likely speech would be. There you go. I mean, it, it, AI As is you usually said, right. In our original answer to her question, you talked about how a lot of guys are like the white rhino, like even when the girl's put right in front of yeah. him, he doesn't even know what to do anymore. So maybe the AI is actually making him awkward in the way that they know that guys <laughs> like him are and they still get girls. So that's right. Shortly after that conversation, the cadence of our conversations dropped pretty noticeably and we went about two weeks without talking. After the weeks of silence, Thanksgiving rolled around and he wished me and my family a happy Thanksgiving. Womp, womp, womp. Hmm. The day got away from me and I ultimately chose not to answer. Ooh, The confusion of the past couple of months, along with my waning feelings, was way too much to manage in this season of my life now. As far as your advice goes, I still definitely agree that you can indicate interest without making the first move. In this case, I think I was dealing with a guy who didn't know what he wanted, at least with me, and made it weird to admit my feelings especially after being called a friend. All right. Thoughts? Uh, It it should be easier than this. (sighs) I mean, right. I do kind of feel like he deserves a response to the happy Thanksgiving. I do agree. Because they were friends. Like they were friends before even the romantic interest. I I completely agree. This guy, I don't think this guy's committed a foul. I think he just doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. I think he's really lost. Yeah, he admitted. And it's not his fault. I, I feel like it's not with malice. Mm-hmm. I think this is actual just ignorance. Like he just is lost. Yeah. And she needs more. Like yeah. she, you know, he admitted he needs to crank it up a notch and then they end up going two weeks without talking. Like he just yeah. doesn't sound like he knows what he's he doing at all. He doesn't know what he's doing. It's not his fault. Mm-hmm. He's not being a dick. Yeah. He's actually just, just, just clueless. So she should respect that and be nice to him. Mm-hmm. I think he deserve, he, he's owed a response, but not a relationship. No. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. No, it's too, too, too complicated. I agree with that. 
So Andy, what was the number of the last episode? Oh, I have to, actually, I have to think about this for a second. And the, the last one wasn't a great, I didn't do a good job on this. Oh, it was unlucky plus three, 13, three, one, three, three. Good job. Oof, close. Okay. This next one is from episode 137. <sighs> <laughs> How about you? Oh, do- I got it. This oh, is easy. Okay. This is the easiest one of okay. all. Okay. It's unlucky, lucky. Yes. Duh. I was about to, oh my God. You were thinking oh, the I same thing. I should have, yeah. yeah, squeezed yeah, it in front of you to take credit there. for that. Yeah. Okay. Episode 137, which was a Q&A. This question was from Tina. And we also included this in our best of 2022. Ooh. And the title was, I have zero interest in giving a blow job. Oh, this is great. <laughs> Dear Shandy. You called, I answered. Happy to provide an update on the BJ front. In November 2022, I met a wonderful man while having a drink in an Apra ski bar in Switzerland. Ooh. You may recall that Tina was from Switzerland. Right. So this guy, the first line, he, t- he takes a step. He's like, I want you to know I hate blowjobs. Oh, wait, is, is that he a Russian Dracula? Guy? He's Dracula. <laughs> He's Arnold Schwarzenegger. We connected instantly, had many topics to talk about, laughed the entire night, and just had a good time. The best way to describe our connection is dot, dot, dot. It feels like I know him. It feels like I've known him for many years after just a few weeks. Oh, I agree that that's that's a nice way of putting it. That's the best thing. He is very considerate, a careful listener, and good communicator, a family man, funny, and we share a few leisure activities, which is huge to me. By the way, I am 30 and he is 32 and Swiss. Mm. Now, what's up with the blowjob? Well, first time we had sex, it was pretty basic yet amazing. I felt so safe and secure with him. The day after sex, we talked about it, and I said that I probably owe him a blowjob at some point. <gasps> well, Andy, are you comfortable? Well, I can tell you're really excited for this. <laughs> Proceed. Are you more excited for this one than anyone? I was pretty excited for uh, the, the, the PLP. Yeah. But this is, this this is, is a close there. second. Okay. So she, she said to him the next morning that she probably owes him a blowjob at some point. Well, dot, dot, dot. Good news is that I don't. He never had any girlfriend go down on him and it is not something he needs. He is happy without receiving head and does not miss anything in sex without BJ's. Jackpot. Wow. It's like <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> He goes down on me sometimes, which I really enjoy, but we are both very good with our hands, which makes it more equal. Plus, it is very pleasurable for both. To paraphrase Andy, quote, if she finds a guy who hates BJs, obviously they will get married and have kids. (laughs) (laughs) This is exactly what I'm hoping for. The man is just wonderful and I can imagine a long future with him. Wow. (laughs) Andy, you're so shocked. (laughs) That's amazing. Who doesn't like blowjobs? We have one big challenge since we live 250 kilometers or three hour train ride from each other. Even the long distance relationship doesn't scare me away just because I like this man so much! Exclamation mark. I am very optimistic we will find a way to manage the distance and his irregular working hours and continue to make this a great partnership. Thank you for choosing this question and including it even in your 2022 highlights. Your insights and the Shandy's comments were so helpful and uplifting. How nice, Aww, Tina. Yeah. I mean, that's like another cartoonish update. You were joking when you said that. I mean, you weren't joking, but you were like, oh, yeah, if she finds a guy who hates PJs, they obviously will get married. Like, you didn't really think that would happen. No, I mean, I was, I kind of, I guess, was serious, but I thought it was ridiculous. Is it possible? Because she said that he hasn't ever gotten one. 
He never had any girlfriend go down on him. So maybe she doesn't know she's missing because she's never done it. And he doesn't know what he's missing because he's never received it. And they're perfect for each other. Or maybe he's got one of those cat penises. It's like spiked. (laughs) No. What does that, what role does that play? Wouldn't that affect her in sex as much? That's a good point. (laughs) That being said, I I will say this. This is what Dear Shandy gives to its fans. (laughs) Are you turning this into an I told you so? I'm just saying. I love that. You know, I mean, I always... When was the last time you heard a story revolving around a blowjob that almost brought you to tears? That's a great update, Tina. Thank you. Okay, Andy, what was the number of that last episode? It was Unlucky Lucky. 13-7. Good job. All right, this next update is from episode 146, also a Q&A. This is question number two from P. It went, my boyfriend won't let me visit his apartment. Is he hiding something? Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that, that actually was, was your answer yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah. You felt it was very alarming yeah. and suspicious. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think I was a little more like, oh, give him the little doubt. That sounds like me. No, it's your job. It's okay. <laughs> Hi. I always meant to provide an update, but kept forgetting. I did see his apartment shortly after the episode aired. Ooh. We were supposed to meet for drinks after a work dinner, but I insisted on meeting at a park in the neighborhood we were supposed to go to so we could talk. I pretty much told him I needed to see his place, that it was causing anxiety, and if he wasn't ready for that then, I didn't see how we could move forward. I didn't mean for it to be an ultimatum, though essentially that is what it was. He immediately agreed to go to his apartment, but I had yeah. a raging internal battle. My gut feeling was that he was ashamed, and here I was asking him to do something he wasn't ready to do. I'm also a therapist, so this felt incredibly wrong. But at the same time, I was feeling super anxious about not knowing what was going on. We ended up going, and it was completely fine. No furniture, just a bed, and kind of loud from the neighbor upstairs. Afterwards, he said it was a really hard step for him to take, but he felt better having done it. He since has moved and bought furniture, so it was a bit of a kick in the butt to take a step forward. Further update, that should have been my sign he wasn't ready yet for a relationship, but I kept going. We went on a trip. We saw each other three times a week, which he initiated. Then we had a conversation about a celebrity divorce during which he felt judged by me, and then it all spiraled from there. We ended up having multiple conversations. He expressed his fears of not making it for the long haul together and ultimately felt my judgy slash critical nature caused us to view things differently and made us incompatible. I think there's a lot of truth to that. If you're both kind of that way, which I think we can be a little together, then then it just feels good because you're venting all the time to each other. But if one of you definitely has more of this like optimistic, like positive outlook, it can be really grating for both partners. True. It's almost passive aggressive. It's like you're on your high horse. You're like, oh no, everything's great. (laughs) I know, but everything's great for me. It's sad because prior to all of this, he knew it was a side of me I didn't like about myself and once told me he knew I was working on it because he could see me stop myself when I was about to make a judgy comment. Beginning of November, I suggested we take some space. My anxiety of trying to fix things was causing him to shut down and I was exhausting us by trying to figure out how he was feeling. I couldn't accept the fact that he didn't know. How he was feeling. He couldn't say yes to working out or calling it quits. He didn't say anything. Ooh. Mm. Since then, I've texted and emailed and had no response. After six months of dating, I was ghosted. Ooh. 
I guess it got too serious and he wasn't ready and emotionally flooded or he simply didn't like me. Or he was never planning on getting divorced and was here for work and doing long distance with his wife and I was an affair. I know that isn't likely, but my gut says he was emotionally flooded and shut down. He said he was ready when we met. I made sure to ask, but you can't really know until it happens. I can accept all that, but ghosting was super hurtful. Ghosting is the most abhorrent relational communication technique that has become way too common. It is simply not how you treat other humans. Thanks for all you do. The update is rather anticlimactic p mm. okay well you know look it, it is a little anticlimactic because i would have liked a more black and white like yeah you wanted there was, a skeleton yeah, in the closet he had like a dungeon in there or <laughs> a torture chamber whatever but um i think it's it's important to note and it's not always the case mm. but i think the state of someone's living space sometimes says a lot about them mm-hmm. so we had two questions here one was the serial killer bathtub yeah which said more than we needed. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy whose apartment shows a lack of commitment, not necessarily in his whole life, Mm -hmm. but in that stage of his life. Yeah. He's not committed enough to put furniture in his apartment. Mm -hmm. He's not committed enough to even show someone his apartment. He's in that like in-between phase. And that's not to me a great sign that he's ready to jump into a new stable life with somebody. Wow. 100% agree. That was so well put. I have nothing to add. Great. Saves us time. <laughs> okay. Well, even though that wasn't really a positive update, I do think it was positive in the long run in that she yeah. didn't waste any more than six months. Six months is a decent chunk of time. Though, it is. So, but my condolences. But yeah, it could have been worse. Yeah. Okay, P, thank you for the update. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's good to be judgy and negative and all this stuff, but I think that there are certain personality traits. Like we, a big thing that we bond over is how we commiserate over things. Absolutely. It, it's one of the things grammar. I love most about you. I can tell you all the things I hate and you echo it right back. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I don't sit there being like, you're too negative. Yeah. Once in a while, I'll tell you you're a little, I think when I'm, you do that, it's like so shocking. I'm like, yeah. whoa, wow. I, I mean, must be really negative. I think I'm one notch less negative than yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's good. I need a little, I need a check. Yeah. I'm a little too negative. Yeah. I'd say like once a year, I say to you, like you're being too negative yeah. and you'll be like, oh, but I think if you have a huge gap in that department, no good. you're right. It can feel if you're not that optimistic or happy go lucky person, it does feel a little high horsey. It does. And, it does. And for the person who's all high horsey, the other person feels really judged. And it's not fun. One of the things I take the most joy at. Wait, one of the joys. I no, take, one of the things in which I take the most joy. Thank you. <laughs> One of the things in which I take the most joy is hating stuff. <laughs> it's delicious. It's lovely. Yeah. And there's nothing better than hating things with someone you love. Mm. Is there anything better than that? It's just pretty really great. when you hate something, you're like, oh my God, I hate that. And the other person's like, yes, I hate that too. I just love you more. Oh, I feel that way when we go to a restaurant that's expensive and should be really good and is really bad. Oh. Because it's that- even better than going to a good restaurant. That's how much <laughs> I love hating things. We'll talk about that meal for weeks. <laughs> like, oh, remember how terrible the service was and the prices and the food was mediocre. I will say. My, my heart rate rise. I'm yeah. getting like, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about terrible meals. I will I've say had. in the moment, we're very upset about it, especially yeah. when it's expensive. But it does pay dividends that the really great meal doesn't. Let me tell you something right now. <laughs> and now I'll tell you something. Life is mostly shitty. I'm not saying it's 95% shitty. It's like 55 to 60% shitty. 
the good moments in life are fewer than the bad moments. Let's be honest. Mm. Uh, people are going to say some positive people out there are like, no, all the moments are great. Even if it's bullshit. <laughs> I'm saying that life, if you're lucky, is 55% bad. As a girlfriend of mine recently put, joy or happiness fleeting. or fun is marked by the fact that it's fleeting. Yes. Yes. It's Okay, so I continue. agree. Okay. I mean, that's joy is fleeting. Yes. Okay, so continue. But even when you have joy, it's not that it's joy itself is 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 less common than than not joy. It doesn't have to be misery. It's just not joy. It's okay. like ugh, you're annoyed. Anyway, my point is, is that if most of your life is shit or things that you don't like or things that bother you, annoy you, if you can turn that into a rose and have someone to discuss with joy, mm-hmm. how much you don't like these things that take up most of your life, yeah. you've just beat the game. Yeah, Everything you hate is fun and everything you love is fun. Mm-hmm. Everything is fun. <laughs> I Done. <didn't. laughs> okay, so what episode was that from? Oh, shit. Um, you can do it. Okay, okay, okay. I, I got believe this. in you. I got this. This is, this is easy. Well, it was bad luck, good luck. No, we already did bad luck, good luck. No, it was bad it luck. It was bad luck, yeah. good luck. Oh, okay. So? 137. Very good. Okay, so this next one is from episode 154. This was question number four. This was a Q&A from an embarrassed Shandy. Mm. This was also in our best of 2022. Oh, wow. I think that people felt when their question was included in 2022, they they felt guilty not sending an update. (laughs) But they also felt famous. They're like, well, of course I'm going to give an update. To unembarrassed Shandy's credit, she did send this update before we had to ask. Oh. So she sent it shortly after... The best of 2022 episode. Ever. Very nice. Good job. So this is from an embarrassed Shandy. And it's 154, right? Yes. Easy. Oh, wait. How are you going to think of 154? One Studio 54. Okay. Right. <laughs> one. I will have one Studio 54. Okay. So you may recall this question was, my boyfriend saw my fetish in my search history and now I want to hide forever. Do you remember this one? Yeah, How did you forget course. this are one? You, are you kidding? The gagging? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dear Shandy. Thank you so much for choosing to answer my question on your regular podcast, as well as in your best of 2022 episode. I'm so glad my repressed sexual desires could help spark a great conversation. (laughs) In all seriousness, I love your podcast and it has given me such great advice and perspective, not just with this question, but in so many other relationship areas as well. I wish I could write back and say that me and my boyfriend are busting out the ball gag on a regular basis, but I fear, as Charlene said in Best of 2022, that it may take years of therapy before I'm comfortable sharing that desire. Though, let's hope not. This letter really is just to say thank you. I think that your cavalier nature about the whole fetish has made me realize that perhaps I'm not so strange after all. Mm -hmm. I've rewritten this note several times now, including and deleting various things about my background, my current, happy, I promise sex life, and perhaps why I have the anxieties that I do around sharing my fetish. However, I quickly realized that you are not my therapists and likely do not need or want to read the autobiography of a stranger. (laughs) So to keep it brief, we are not busting out our ball gags, but between your reactions and knowing my partner and his desire to please me both emotionally and physically, the idea of bringing up the fetish seems less scary. I hope that through some introspection and increased confidence, I can get to the point where I am comfortable bringing it up. There was a time where that idea was completely unfathomable. And because of you, I think I'm inching closer to that conversation. 
Oh, that's so nice. Great. I'm sure Andy is wondering why my partner didn't bring it up himself after the fact. And Mm, while I cannot answer for him, I suspect he is also uncomfortable and unsure of how to bring it up as it is uncharted territory for us both. Mm. I think he also may not have wanted to embarrass me. I think that is definitely a factor here. And to be honest, I think I would feel embarrassed unless I was the one to broach the subject. I'd rather feel that I have some control over a conversation or idea that has brought me so much anxiety for so long, if that makes sense. I hope that this update or lack thereof isn't a disappointment to you both. Your support from afar is one large step in a journey of sexual self-discovery for me, and I thank you for that step. Thank you for being my relationship and fashion. Sorry, Andy, this one's for Charlene only. (laughs) Role models. (laughs) Wishing you both a happy and healthy holiday season. Oh, Oh, that's that's so nice. I mean, I have to be honest, I would have liked... I did get ball gag yeah. conclusion. But as I said in that episode, I think the thing she should be ashamed of is that she was ashamed of wanting to get ball gagged. So I think that's as good an update as any, even though she thought it was sure. uneventful. I liked it. Okay. So Andy, what was the number of that last episode? One studio 54. Very good. Okay. So this is our final update Ooh. in this episode, but not necessarily forever, but it could be. It's up to you guys. Yeah, it's up to, honestly, the Shandy's sending updates because I truly am reading every update that was sent to us that we did not already include in a reel on Instagram. Mm, so this, we're, many. we're all met up. Yeah, that, yeah, we've answered a lot more questions than we're getting updates for. So we it's have, not our fault. It's not our fault. It's <laughs> never our fault. Okay, so Andy, you don't need to remember what this episode is, but do you want to do it anyway, just for fun? Okay, what's the number? 158. Nah. <laughs> So this was from caller Hannah. And you may remember Hannah was living in a really small town that her husband had grown up in. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I'll just refresh people. She was debating moving 30 minutes away to a bigger city and was having a lot of anxiety. I mean, it's worth noting that she had three kids and it was this close knit community. They lived next door to, I think, his aunt and uncle or something like that or grandparents or something. It was there were arguments for both but she felt ultimately kind of lonely and not fulfilled on Mm -hmm, a personal mm -hmm, level mm -hmm. okay hi shandy i have an update from my caller episode in which i tried my very hardest to fight the idea that i should move 30 minutes away from my in-laws and neighborhood you all were adamant that i should continue to take risks and challenge myself and follow my gut even though that means making a change for my family i was an absolute pain about it and you both nicely and accurately called me out on my ridiculousness happy face that's nice update we moved Yes! Exclamation mark. Into a new house in a cute neighborhood, and we put my first grader into a new public school. Lots and lots of changes. The grief that comes with large changes is no small feat. Mm. Somehow, I always thought that changes came at the perfect time, and life seamlessly moved into the next era without feelings of big loss to process. Oh. Oh, so, so, I mean, every new change comes with the mourning of the old. It's true. Everything. Our marriage, our, our wedding day, still one of the happiest days of my life. I look back on it extremely fondly, mm-hmm. but yet I did mourn my previous single life. Mm-hmm. I I think I mourned a little earlier than that. Like when I met you. As soon as you met me, you were like, Yeah, oh, I started mourning the, the loss of my single life because yeah. I knew that I wouldn't find anything better than you for me oh, oh. that's very and cute. so i was mourning it a bit yeah in the beginning. and you should yeah it's a lot to mourn 
You would have had a lot of good action. <laughs> anyway, she's really showing a lot of wisdom with that. It's yeah, so true. Very strong Life does wisdom. not seamlessly move into the next era no. without, without any loss That's whatsoever. That's another thing super positive people do. I can't deal with that. They're like, <laughs> oh, it's great. Everything's great. I changed everything. Nothing's bad. <laughs> After we moved, it took me a solid three days to have any sort of positive feelings about the new house. I was and still am blown away by the extent of my grief. This is the mm. first time I've ever been challenged by huge feelings of grief as one era of my life ends. All the other transitions I've made in my life have felt right in a way I'm still searching for now. When we left, we didn't only leave a house. We left a small aging community and close family network in one fell swoop. Somehow my brain still feels like saving a small community is on my to-do list. This instinct, though seriously flawed, helped me recognize that moving away was a healthy choice. It saved me from potential enmeshment and internal pressure to fill some sort of role within my family and community. I saved myself a lot of future trouble by making this move. In the end, moving was absolutely the right choice for us. I'm extra certain because of how damn happy my husband is to be out of his childhood neighborhood. He didn't realize how much it would change his life to be away from the well-worn patterns of his own childhood and his parents. It's been so fun to see him expand, to take up his full space. Oh, He's so delightful. excited to be experiencing something new. Oh. oh, God, this is fantastic. You say this for last. Oh, this just happened to come last. Yeah, but it's, it belongs. 158. I still remember. <laughs> My four-year-old still writes love notes to our old house and wants to move back. That sounds about right. My sister has four kids and she always kind of sort of wants to move because yeah. there's a lot of stuff about the house that they don't love, even sure. though they love the location and the city, it's the house. And the kids are, they're the most vocal naysayers. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Kids don't like change. Yeah, and they certainly don't want to change their house. No. I can see that. Thank you for all the help. I know my question was not your normal type of caller question, but I love talking to both of you. I feel like we examined a theme of life that applies to us all. Change is the only constant. Smiley face. Fondly, Hannah. Wow. Hannah's a smart gal. She is. How beautifully written, I mean, it's too. like she's a philosopher. It's like, <laughs> she it's like, it's like she should write novels. She's really, it's engaging. Yeah. Like she really captured all the elements of what was happening without any bias. She really yeah. just let it happen and expressed it exactly the way it happened. It's so true. Beautiful. Even the difficulties. Like there's, I would say until about two thirds to three quarters of the way through that email, you almost wonder if it was a mistake. But ultimately, she, that's how painful it was. Yep, yep. And she could still come out on the other side and say, but it was the right move, and, despite all that pain. And most importantly, Shandy was right again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Look, as we said in that episode, she could move for one year and then head back. Yeah. And and no, it's, it's about knowing. You know what it's like? It's like you, you ever tell like, you, you, this is what you tell a kid sometimes. You're like, it's okay. If you don't like it, you go back. But you know they're not going back. <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, things but where they're like, you know there's no choice. You know you're not going back. Yeah, it's about knowing you have the option. But it doesn't but mean you, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> we lied. <laughs> she wasn't going back. It sounds like her husband is thriving in a way that even he didn't know This is the be. real winner. What do you mean? The real winner is her husband. In the end, the real, the true, the, the biggest winner is her yeah. husband. Yeah. 
That's what makes me the most happy. Is he never that guy needed a kick in the ass? Yeah. And this is he, this has worked out beautifully for him. Well, he was so willing to do whatever she wanted, but in a way, as I've learned from talking to my own therapist, that can put a little pressure on her. It's all on her to make the decision. He's not making any decision. No. Ultimately, she did make a choice, the choice of change, and he is thriving because and of it. And you know what he learned? He learned that he he too could make choices in the future yes. that are against his nature and he could be happier. Yes. And you know what they're showing their children? I mean, do I even need to say it? No, no, <laughs> no, don't say, it. don't say it. Okay, so that is it. That's it. Andy, for updates. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought this, this one better. You know, we're more experienced. The last time I tried to do this, it was yeah. it really went off the rails. I, I don't even remember. It must have been a terrible experience because I like I buried it. It was horrible. We didn't use it. We recorded for like two hours and never used it. Are you it. serious? Yeah. How do bad. I not remember that? It was traumatizing. <laughs> There's a reason I, why it took us two and a half years I to do this. I buried the memory. Yeah. It's gone. I will in the description below not only you know, have timestamps, but I'll also include links to the other episodes in case you missed any of those caller or Q&A questions and you just want context. Yeah. And I think that's a wrap then, Andy. Yeah. And we're going to have to get some feedback here because this could become a thing. Yeah. I like the idea of it being every six months kind of thing. Or even every three months or two months, whatever. It, as, it comes as, down to how many updates we get. Uh, how many updates we get. But but I would like to know. And if you don't like it, I don't. we don't care. Yeah. We don't take it personally. No. We're just always molding for you. That's it. That's all we do. We serve you. <laughs> if you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you. And that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Leave us Apple and Spotify podcast ratings and reviews and generally do all of the things that you would do to support a podcast you enjoy. And if we have answered a question of yours and you haven't sent an update, consider doing so. Yeah. Stop using us. Yeah. Give us something for once. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap. We're so excited to spend another year with you guys. Happy 2023. And yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good, that sounded like it, right? <laughs> yeah. Wait, hold on. <laughs> that sounded like it. Yeah. See you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye-bye. Dear Shandy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.